Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alamin Wassalatu wassalamu ala sayyidil anbiya wal mursalin Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in Allahumma salli ala sayyidina wa manana Muhammad Wa ala ala sayyidina wa manana Muhammad Wa barik wa sallim amma ba'd Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa So two weeks ago we had our last class We started the chapter about Qira'atul Qur'an or recitation of Qur'an Imam Ghazali rahimahullah said he is going to mention some outward etiquettes of Qur'an And also inward etiquettes of recitation of Qur'an So we finished the first of three outward etiquettes The first one was to sit in a posture of respect And we discussed uh, the, the optimal posture is that of tashahud way we sit in salat if we're capable of doing so and if we can't do so due to you know some difficulty in our knees or our lower back and whatever we can do to retain the respect so sitting with respect when we decide to recite the quran that was the first etiquette now we move on to the second one it says athani which is the best time in which you can recite and recite in those times so choose the best moment in which you can recite and you get more rewards and you get more of the barakah when you when you choose the best of times where and when is the best time to recite quran he says the best place to recite quran is when you're in salah when you're standing in salah that's the best place to recite course you'd have to have some Quran memorized in order to do that uh, there are some madahib that allow reading Quran like looking during salah but some other madahib they do not allow this so the best situation is of course we invest some time and we try to memorize some Quran whatever we can uh, especially the longer surahs such as surah Yasin, surah Rahman is very uh, nice surahs that are often memorized we should try our best to memorize some of those surahs so that we can have a long qiyam and stand in salah for a very long duration. Khususan fil masjidi wa bil-layl. So he says the best place to do it, meaning like the best action in which you should uh, recite Quran is in salah. The best location you can do it is in the masjid. And the best time period is at night. So he says that the most optimum Recitation of Quran will take place in tahajjud time in the masjid while you're performing salah, standing. Why is performing salah at night so valuable and, and so much more rewarding? He says the heart remains more pure at that time. Because the heart is empty. All of the things that distract us during the day we can put that aside, especially when you've gone to sleep for a period of time and then you wake up for tahajjud, probably before Salatul Fajr. Uh, usually that is the best time to perform tahajjud. You can perform tahajjud even earlier than that, like in the middle of the night, let's say 2 a.m. You can do tahajjud that time. But what is really easy for most people is maybe 30, 40 minutes before Fajr sets in. So around nowadays, like 5, 20, 5, 30 waking up that time right before Fajr and performing the uh, Tahajjud. He says this is a time period wherein our minds are not busy. Once we start our day 
our mind is really busy thinking about what I'm going to do, what I'm busy with. And so then the salah is not that enjoyable. But at night time, meaning tahajjud time, it's completely empty. And that's why it's, it's really sad to see that, you know, a lot of us, when we wake up, the first thing we do is we check our phones, maybe our email or social media or these things. What that does is it takes our minds away from Quran and Hadith and, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we should wait a little bit before engaging in those kind of things. First, we should follow the sunnah, which is tahajjud. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa day would start out with dhikr. So there are certain uh, du'as we can recite when we wake up in the sunnah. This reminds us of our purpose in life. Alhamdulillah ladhi ahyana ba'dama amatana wa ilayhi nushur is a very famous one. All praises to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has given us life after he has given us death. And to him is the return. So this is a very powerful dua if we think about it. The first thing you recite when you wake up, you're praising Allah. So your mind is not going towards dunya, it's going towards your purpose in life. Praising Allah. Admitting the fact that Allah could have caused me to die permanently during the night. Being thankful for the fact that I have a new life. Today's a new day. And reminding ourselves that it may be the last day because we're going to return to Allah. It's a very powerful dua if we recite it with understanding every single morning. Instead of picking up the phone and seeing all these different things. And then engaging, doing wudu. There's some duas we can recite during wudu, before, after, during. Engaging in tahajjud, dua, recitation of Quran. That's what he's talking about here. So this is the ideal way that a Muslim should start their day. So he says, performing salah at night is more beneficial because it, your, your mind is clear for your nawafil. فَإِنَّكَ وَإِنْ خَلَوْتَ بِالنَّهَارِ فَتَرَدُّدُ الْخَلْقِ وَحَرَكَاتُهُمْ فِي أَشْغَالِهِمْ تُحَرِّكُ بَاطِنَكَ He says, even if you have time during the day, let's say, you know, you want to recite Qur'an in salah during the daytime, maybe uh, 11 a.m. It's a time maybe some people are free at that time, most people are working. But he says, even if you get time during that moment, and you're free and you decide, I'm going to stand and recite Surah Yasin in Salah. He says, people around you are going to be moving, they're going to be talking, you know, everything's in motion. So that is going to cause a distraction to you. So at night you don't find this. At night is very quiet, very silent. Sometimes you don't even hear insects. It's completely silent. Family members are silent, no one's outside. Complete silence. So that is the optimum time. So Fajr time is also yeah, So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that In Fajr The recitation of Fajr is mashhud Meaning angels witness This moment as well So that is also very optimal If you recite after Salatul Fajr this, the, Basically the usual day uh, Whenever that starts before then So let's say around 8am Kids are going to school we're, we're trying to go to work before that time Once the, the technical day has started Then he's saying you, Everyone gets busy It's not really the ideal time anymore But once that's over So even right now After Salatul Isha So he says Layl The entire night You can stretch that till even a little bit after Fajr Till before Ishraq Then after Ishraq We would say Okay now the sun is up uh, There's a different vibe 
So we want we want vibes, you know, like the the ibadah vibes, and that is after Salatul Isha, the whole night, and that's why Ramadan has this special feeling to it, because typically we're usually not awake at that time. In Ramadan, we kind of are, so you you feel a lot more ikhlas during Ramadan. You feel a lot closer to Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, because the nights have a lot of barakah in them. But uh, technically speaking, I mean, Ramadan has its own barakah. But we could still have that enjoyment in today's time. Right now, in uh, this month, we can still have that barakah. He says, the movement of people and things happening is going to distract you from pondering over the Qur'an. So the real like essence of Qur'an, of course, you get a lot of reward. Just by reciting a harakah, you get 10 rewards. Whether you know it or not, like the meaning. So most of us, we don't speak Arabic. So even if we don't know Arabic, we're going to get a lot of rewards if you read the Arabic. But he's saying that the ideal is that you understand it. So during the day when people are moving and things like that, you're not going to be able to ponder over the Qur'an. Especially if you are busy during the day, like you have a job during the day. Then recitation in salah during the day is going to be very difficult. So he says, what I have mentioned to you is the optimum situation, reciting it in salah, in the masjid, at night. But then he also says, anywhere you recite Quran, anyhow you recite it, even if it be without the etiquettes, you don't have wudu and you're lying down and reading it, still there's benefit. There's much benefit to be had. So we just had a program where uh, we, we, we looked at one hadith where Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would lean his head, his blessed head on the lap of Sayyidah Aisha radiallahu anha and he would recite Quran. So the, even that is still a sunnah. All right, so what he's discussing is the optimum, like what you want for most reward. But you can read, he says, anyhow, wherever you are. Of course, uh, Exempting those places where it's like, you know, uh, impermissible or the lack of adab, such as a restroom. We don't want to recite Quran there. But any other way, you're going to get reward and you're, you're going to get the benefit. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has praised every form of dhikr. In Surah Ali Imran, around the end, one of the last passages, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala praises those who do dhikr standing, sitting, and lying down. So no matter what their condition, they're, they're doing the dhikr. So this means that it's still recommended, even if you're lying down, you can do dhikr and Quran is dhikr. You can do it while sitting, you can do it while standing, you can do it while walking. You can recite Quran almost everywhere. So, in the state of Junub, we, we should not. So it's, it's impermissible in that state. So if someone is in major ritual impurity, they cannot recite uh, Qur'an. But if they're in minor ritual impurity, meaning they only require a wudu, then you can recite Qur'an, there's no issue there. It's just you cannot engage in salah now. Right? So there's different levels, but the state of junub, which is major ritual impurity, where a person must do ghusl, then they, they are not allowed to recite Qur'an. Same thing with the uh, women that are going through menstruation, they cannot recite in that state. According to a majority view, there are some views of scholars that, that allow that, that women can recite in the state of uh, major ritual impurity.
or, or the state of uh, Hayd. Then he continues, he says, What we have discussed, there is great khayr and goodness in that. The etiquette of sitting, the best chosen time, that, that's the best thing. He says, if you are amongst the merchants of buying the akhirah, right? he's using a metaphor, if you are amongst those who desire to purchase akhirah, it will not be very easy for you to leave out the best scenario. So if our desire is, I just want the best way to please Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then this is what we're talking about. Sit with respect, sit with the best clothing, with fragrance, with uh, miswak, wudu, facing the qibla, uh, and, 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 uh, or even standing in salah in the masjid at nighttime, like he mentioned. He says, don't leave this out. But this doesn't mean, let's say for instance, you have a feeling within yourself and you say that uh, if I do this, if I go to the masjid right now, late at night, and I stand in salah, I'm not, I know I'm not going to do that. But I, I would like to recite some Qur'an, I'm lying down, I want to do it right now. So what do I do? Just completely leave it out or do I recite? Then go ahead and recite. If you're lying down and, and it's hard for you to get up and start salah, and you want to recite Qur'an while lying down, then Bismillah, go ahead. There's benefit in Qur'an wherever you are. وَقَدْ قَالَ عَلِيُّنَ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُ مَنْ قَرَأَ الْقُرْآنَ وَهُوَ قَائِمٌ فِي الصَّلَاةِ he quotes a statement of Ali radiallahu anhu as saying, anyone who recites Qur'an while standing in salah, for every letter he recites, he's going to get a hundred rewards. In salah, every letter he recites of Qur'an, he gets a hundred rewards. If someone is reciting Qur'an but sitting in salah, so nafal salah, if someone has some issue with their knees, they can't stand for long, you can sit uh, in nawafid. Even in fard salah, if you're having an issue, you can sit. But in nafal, even if there is no issue, you can sit actually in nafal salah. I don't know if some of you have seen some people, they, after the salatul witr, they said that, you know, in some narrations it says that Nabi wasallam would perform two rak'ahs while sitting. So they, they are capable of standing, but after they're with her, they, they want to emulate this, so they do a two rak'ahs of nafil while sitting. Without, you know, they, they have absolutely no, no problem. So in nawafil, we can sit. So he quotes Ali radiyam saying that if you're standing in salah, every letter gives you a hundred rewards. If you're sitting in salah and you're reciting the Quran, meaning you could stand if you wanted to, you get 50 rewards. Says Ali radiallahu says that if someone recites Quran outside of salah and they have wudu, then for every letter twenty five rewards. And someone outside of salah without wudu, for every letter they get ten rewards. So as you can see, there is a progression. It's outside of salah without wudu. That's the lowest form. Every letter gives you ten rewards. Then outside of salah with wudu, twenty five rewards. Then in salah, of course you have wudu in salah. And sitting, 50 rewards. In salah, standing, every letter gives you 100 rewards. So this is a statement that he quotes from Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu. So that was the etiquette number two. 
And I think we can go ahead and do the etiquette uh, number three. And these are the apparent etiquettes, and then we'll stop here. And then next time we'll do the uh, inner secrets and the, the etiquettes of the heart. So the third etiquette, okay, the first physical etiquette was sitting with respect. The second is choosing the best time and place. So night time, in salah, in the masjid, and uh, the time of tahajjud is preferred. And number three, The amount of recitation we should do. How much should I recite? He says there are three levels to this. So as we mentioned before, and many of you have attended these lessons, Imam al-Ghazali likes to break things in very easy bite sizes. So he just separates it from uh, high, medium, and low. So the same thing here is applied for qiraat. How much should I recite on a daily basis? There is a very high level, a medium level, and a low level. Adnaha an yaktima fi shahri marwa. So his lowest level is, you know, many of us are not doing this. And if we're capable of recitation of Quran, we should attempt this lowest level. He says the lowest level of the amount that you should recite is you should do a khatam per month. So every single month you should do a khatam of Quran, uh, which means one juz every single day because there's 30 Jews and around 29 to 30 days. So the ideal is to follow the Islamic month. So when we see the, the moon sighting, then that should be the first of the, uh, the first Jews. And then you, you follow the, the days until the 29th. If you find out that uh, tomorrow is the next month and there's no 30 days, just read two Jews that night. So you're, and if there's 30, then you just read 30. Islamic months, there are no 31 days. It's either 29 or 30. Because it follows the moon. So this is the, he says, this is the minimum amount reading a juz a day, you could say. And it allows you to understand which uh, lunar day it is. So it keeps you intact in, in with the uh, lunar month. Wa The highest amount. So the lowest is one juz per day. What is the highest? An yaktima fi thalathati ayyam. The most that you should be reciting, you should not exceed this amount, is that you do a khatam every three days. So, ten Jews per day. That's the highest that we should aspire for. Qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Man al-Qur'ana fi min thalath lam yafqahu. He quotes a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, Anyone who recites the Qur'an and finishes it in less than three days, then he's not going to understand it. So from this hadith, we understand the purpose of recitation is to understand the Qur'an. And if we're going to recite it so fast that we're doing more than 10 juz a day, then we're not really understanding it. This recitation is too fast. Wa So this is the highest amount. And there's also another hadith of Ibn Umar radiallahu anhumah. He requested Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa that he wanted to recite the Qur'an um, I believe it was he wanted to finish the whole Qur'an daily. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi prohibited him and he said, this, at the most, do it uh, every three days. There have been individuals who do it on a daily basis. Uh, what can we say about such individuals? Even among the Sahaba, it was noted that Uthman radiallahu anhu would recite the whole Qur'an at night time. There were even people after that. Even people in today's time, some people recite the Qur'an on a daily basis. 
So regarding such people, it's possible that they spent a lot of time with the Qur'an, slowly progressing with it, such that they understand it even though they're reciting it very fast. So if they reach such a stage where I can recite the whole Qur'an on a daily basis and understand it, then it is possible that they can recite the, the whole Qur'an daily. But if we're not really at that pace, then we shouldn't do so. Yes? Yeah, so if there's a like a person who's revising the Quran and he maybe they're doing such a dora for uh, preparation for Ramadan, it's going to be permissible for the sake of preparation. So this is not your ibadah and and your understanding the book of Allah. This is more of me preparing my mind and my tongue. So that is going to be, inshallah, permissible. So he says this is the highest level, and then he goes to the the middle the the. the what he says, وَأَعْدَلُهَا The best of all of them. Or the, the, the middle path. أَنْ يَخْتِمَ فِي كُلِّ أُسْبُوعٍ مَرَّةٍ So this is Imam Ghazali's uh, opinion that the middle and best path is to finish a khatam of Qur'an per week. So there is such thing called manazil in the Qur'an or a, a manzil. It's going to be around five juz or so. Not exactly five juz, but around five juz. And, and some Qur'ans have them marked. So this allow if you follow the manazil, then it allows you to finish in seven days. It's broken into seven portions. So he says this is the middle path, and uh, what we should aspire to if we're on uh, the lowest one. If we're not on the lowest one, slowly, let's do five pages every day, then progress to ten, then eventually you can do one juz a day, and then slowly progress. And uh, inshallah later I'll talk about progression Maybe not today, we don't have enough time But the progression has to be extremely slow When we progress in our ibadah We never want to jump So if I'm doing one juz I should not jump to five juz a day That takes years to accomplish So we'll talk about that another time inshallah So what is Imam Ghazali's opinion Of doing a khatam on a daily basis He doesn't like the opinion uh, as for doing a khatam on a daily basis mustahab. It's not preferred This is not mustahab He says do not try to utilize your intellect here Do not try to rationalize and say Anything that's really good Then the more I do it the better so if Qur'an is really good, then the more I do it, the better. So I should be able to recite 30 juz in a day. He says, don't do that. Be careful. Your intellect and your aql and your rationality is, is not strong enough to understand the divine wisdom that of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He sent Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is the one who understands the sharia the most. He is saying to Ibn Umar and other Sahaba, don't finish on a single nightly basis. Do it in the most, at most, in three days. So he's saying, don't try to use your rationality here. He says, what I've mentioned is the highest form. So don't try to do a khatam on a nightly basis or a daily basis. But we talked about why some people would do that. They're, they're excused because they've reached a certain level. Nubuwa and, and the knowledge of Rasulullah can understand or can, can acquire the hikmah or the divine wisdom behind things. 
our intellect fails to grasp divine wisdom because we can't fully look at sharia and fully understand everything but nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam could so when he recommends something he's doing so based off of understanding every aspect of sharia so we don't need to understand his wisdom i don't have to go and say okay how did nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam conclude this this is not making sense we're not allowed to do that we actually have to submit to rasulullah as well so islam means submission to allah and to the will of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Meaning if he commands something He's speaking on behalf of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala So he, he's cautioning us from doing that فَعَلَيْكَ بِالْإِتِّبَاعِ So you need to ensure that you follow Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Whatever you do, just follow his way You'll be fine You don't have to rationalize فَإِنَّ خَوَاصَ الْأُمُورِ لَا تُدْرَكُ بِالْقِيَاسِ Intricate matters cannot be understood with the mind By itself Aspects that Allah wants for us You can't fully understand if Allah didn't reveal to us about salah, could we use our rationality and, and you know, emulate a salah? We wouldn't be able to. The mind wouldn't be able to formulate salah that way. It's not the way the mind works. Allah has to reveal it to us. So he says, okay, I'll give you some examples. Very smart of Imam al-Ghazali, rahimahullah. He gives examples of if, if reading Qur'an is good Then I should be able to read a lot of it So he says no it doesn't work like that Do you not see that salah is a good thing? Are you allowed to perform salah Throughout the entire day with non-stop? No there are certain time periods We cannot perform salah When the sun is just rising When the sun is at its zenith When the sun is just setting We're not allowed to perform salah at those times Those are makru times So he says don't try to use your aql here Rationality is not going to work. So he says he's mentioning those time periods where you cannot perform salah. All of these time periods where it's impermissible to pray, if you gather it, it's like one third of the day. So for one third of the entire day, you're not allowed to pray. So likewise, in, in recitation of Quran, if you rush and you do too much, this is not what Allah wants. One more paragraph inshallah And then we'll be done for tonight فَكَيْفَ وَأَثَرُ الْفَسَادِ ظَاهِرٌ عَلَىٰ قِيَاسِكَ هَذَا He says Look at your understanding Of you know the Quran is great So I should be able to read the whole thing in a day What's wrong with that? He says this understanding is incorrect فَإِنَّهُ كَقَوْلِ الْقَائِلِ The example of this is such It's a very good example because, you know, when you hear this, okay, why can't I read the Qur'an on a daily basis? The Qur'an is great. Every letter I read, I get ten rewards. He's saying, no, you're doing something wrong. And what is the example that he gives? So he says here, you saying the Qur'an is great, so let me just finish the whole Qur'an on a daily basis. It's just like the person saying, medicine is really good for the body, so let me just drink a whole bottle of Tylenol. Right? Or an entire bottle of Pepto-Bismol, let me just chug it down. Something bad's going to happen. It's not meant for you that way. Do it as was prescribed. So the Qur'an is a type of medicine. Allah says in the Qur'an, it's a shifa. Qur'an is a type of cure. It's a spiritual cure for our uh, spiritual maladies. So Allah's, uh, Allah's Rasul who speaks on behalf of Allah Is telling us how to take it According to your level Take it either one juz a day 
or at the most 10 juz a day or what might be ideal and a lot of sahaba used to do this one khatam per week this was many of the sahaba or I, maybe even I could say a majority of the sahaba would be on the uh, the middle level where they would finish on a weekly basis so this is you know we should aspire to try to read one juz a day and that is a very good level even if, if someone does this for the rest of their life alhamdulillah that's an amazing thing because they're finishing 12 khatams yearly that's a lot if you live for 10 years 120 khatams of Quran it's not small but if you really want to aspire for more slowly go to two juz three juz sometimes you know and then when a person retires they have much more time and you're already used to maybe two three juz on a day when you were busy now five juz is not going to be a de- big deal so then you will be on the style of the Sahaba and you can do that for as long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us life inshallah and then you'll see you'll rack up the uh, khatams we want to see on Yom Al-Qiyamah our scales just a bunch of Qur'ans on our scales how many khatams hundreds and hundreds inshallah and this is the way we do a little bit on a daily basis it adds up it's better for you to read one juz a day than in the first night of Ramadan you say I'm just going to do the whole khatam of Qur'an and you spend you know 20 hours and you do one full khatam and then you leave it alone for the rest of the year it's better just to do one juz a day because you end up doing more so we ask, for, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for tawfiq and the capability to recite his kitab with the etiquettes the apparent etiquettes that Imam al-Ghazali has mentioned with sitting with respect choosing the best time and place to do that to do so and to recite the correct amount inshallah وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمتك يا رحمة الرحمن السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته